Uh, I intended to uh, honor my wife this morning, and uh, because yesterday we celebrated 39 years of marriage. And I'm just grateful for the grace of God in our marriage and uh, for God giving me such a woman. This always happens to me. Uh, this morning, the title of the sermon. Let's start the thing here. Is Yeshua is Yahua? Got any messianics here? Know what I'm talking about? Yeshua is Yahua. And before I get started, let's call on the name. Lord, uh, these words are beyond me. They're above me. You are so far above. You are so amazing and so glorious. And I thank you that you have, in, in your plan, out of the love of your heart, you have not left us in our sin, but you've come and you've revealed yourself in Jesus to us. And you've given us this word, which is a sure word that we can build our lives on. And uh, this morning, as I speak, please build up your church. Please edify your body. Please encourage your people. Teach them. Strengthen us, Lord. Let us know the truth of who you are. And use it in our lives to transform us and our families and our community and our church for Jesus' sake. Amen. So our God is a sovereign God. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows where the history of the cosmos is going because he created it all. So he holds history in the palm of his hands. He raises up kings. He puts them down. Nothing takes him by surprise. And he knows where the whole thing is going. He will consummate it. He will finish it. He sits unruffled on the cosmic throne. And from that perch, he's waiting. He's waiting until his enemies are made the footstool for his feet. And they will be. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been declared to you? I apologize. There aren't any. I I thought I was putting slides on here, and I was real proud of myself when I got here, and they weren't here. But all the way through history, the people of God have not had slides. And so we'll, we'll survive. This is Isaiah 40, verse 21. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been declared to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is He who sits above the vault of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. He it is who reduces rulers to nothing, 
who makes the judges of the earth meaningless. Scarcely have they been planted. Scarcely have they been sown. Scarcely has their stock taken root in the earth, but he merely blows on them. Martin Luther said, one little word shall fell him. He merely blows on them and the storm, and they wither, and the storm carries them away like stubble. To whom then will you liken me that I should be his equal, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these stars, the one who leads forth their host by number. He calls them all by name. And you can just keep going. I love Isaiah 40 and on. And there's more scripture. But uh, just suffice it to say that um, he's God. He's sovereign. And when the divine council decided to enter human history, they had to set the stage. And after choosing Abraham and Israel, God revealed his oracles, to the, his words to the nation of Israel, and he set the stage for his coming. But in order to understand God's revelation in Jesus, you have to understand the culture into which he came, the people to whom he spoke. Uh, you have to understand what scholars call Second Temple Judaism. Who were these people? You have to understand the Old Testament in order to understand what the New Testament means, because that's what the people to whom Jesus spoke, that's what they were steeped in. They were steeped in the oracles of God that had preceded Jesus. Now, the Jews at the time of Jesus were not Greeks. There was a different worldview. They were not so much interested in the philosophical concept of God. The Greeks like to sit under the tree and talk about what divinity is. The Jews weren't interested. They wanted to know who God was. They wanted to relate to the God who was, the God who is, the God who had revealed himself to them. So it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't so much philosophy to them. They, they, weren't, they weren't interested in metaphysical attributes like immutability, ingenerateness, and incorruptibility. That's not where they spent their time. God had actually, they were interested in, in, the, in the God who is, the real person of God, his character and his, and his actions. When some, and, uh, he had a, and, and part of it is because he had identified himself to them. So when somebody asks you to, to identify yourself, what do you do? Yeah, this one, she knows how to identify herself, right? Yeah. Well, you, yeah, you take something, you say your name, right? Of course, we can't pronounce your name. Sing one. But, uh, you know, and, and then you produce something with your name on it, right? So that's what God did with Moses. Exodus 3. I wish I had the slides. apologize again. Then Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? He's, he, God, Moses is asking God to identify himself. And God said to Moses, I am who I am. Tell them that. And the third person would be, he is who he is. That sounds contemporary because it is what it is, right? You know? I say to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. 
God also said to Moses, say to the people of Israel, Yahuwah, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. God told him his name, his personal name. He said, I am Yahuwah. And you've heard it as Jehovah. It's okay. Yehovah would be better. Yehovah would be better. There aren't any J sounds in, in Hebrew, and there aren't any J sounds in, in, in Greek. And so it's not Jesus. I'm sorry. It's not Jehovah. It could be Jehovah. It could be Yahweh. Um, and uh, But the point is, it's his personal name. Now, how do I get Yahuwah? Uh, well, one thing to, to remember, when you read your Old Testament Bible and it has Lord all capitals, that is the name. The Hasidics, who are kind of charismatic Jews, they, they, they don't even say, they don't say the name, they say Hashem, which means the name. When they come to that, it's called the Tetragrammaton, YHWH, or YHVH. Uh, that's the name of God, the personal name of God. So when you come to the capitals, Lord, in the English translation, read it as Yahweh or read it as Yahuwah. Why Yahuwah? Well, you know, I like the word Yahoo. Okay. <laughs> uh, and there's reason for that. The, uh, let's see, Elijah. Guess what his name is in Hebrew? Eliyahu. Right? I'm preaching this Yahoo thing. Zedekiah. Zidkiyahu. Yahuwah is our is righteous, is what it means. Isaiah, you thought it was Isaiah? No, it's Yusha Yahu. They're all Yahoos. <laughs> Jeremiah, Yermi Yahu. And then Prime Minister of Israel, Netan Yahu. My email, Tom Lawrence at Yahoo. Well, what is that? It's making us embedded in those names is the name of God shortened. You can also shorten it to Yah. You can shorten it to Yahoo. And it's three. I think it's three syllables because of the, uh, the it, in the hymns of 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 the Jewish hymns, which are called the Psalms. The meter works out better if it's three syllables. So Yahweh doesn't work. Jehovah works pretty good. Jehovah works pretty good. I don't care what. But just realize, this is the personal name of God. It's like, and Lord is a title. It's not a good, it's, it's, it's not the same. So, you know, you can call me, you can call me doctor, right? But there's a lot of doctors in the world. It's a title. But if you call me Thomas Leslie Lawrence, you're probably my mom. But, but it identifies, I don't like hearing it either, but it, but it identifies me. And that's what he was saying. I'm identifying to you, I'm telling you my name, my personal name. It's Yahuwah. And I want it to be remembered. Well, they forgot how to pronounce it. So we don't know how to pronounce it. We know how to spell it. We don't know how to pronounce it. I don't care which one you use. Uh, that's not the point. All right. And, of course, Lord just means master. Now, 
Because of Yahuwah's self-revelation to them, the Jews were monotheists. Mono meaning one, theist meaning God. One God. They repeated the Shema twice every day. Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Which means uh, Yahuwah, oh, here Israel, Yahuwah is our God. Yahuwah is one. One in the sense of a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be cleaved to his wife, and the two shall become one, echad, flesh. Yahuwah is echad. Unity, diversity within unity. So, um, now, in Isaiah 45 it says, I am... Yahuwah. You see, it says the Lord caps. I'm reading it, Yahuwah. I am Yahuwah, and there is no other. Besides me, there is no God. I will gird you, though you have not known me, that men may know from the rising to the setting of the sun. You're in Israel. We're in the setting of the sun. That there is no one besides me. I am Yahuwah. There is no other. So monotheism is, is a binary view of reality. What do I mean by that? There is Yahuwah, the eternal I am, and there is everything else. That's monotheism. He is before all things. Everything else is His creation. All things exist because of Him. In Truth Project, how many have seen the Truth Project? Truth Project terms, there's the box. That's everything. And there's only one person outside the box, and that's Yahuwah. That's monotheism. Reality is binary because you're either God or you're not. There's implications to what I'm saying. I'm struggling with whether I should go there or not, but we'll get, we'll get to it maybe later. So who, who is Yahuwah? How is he unique? What sets him apart from everything else? Well, first, he's eternal. Who, who is he? I am that I am. It's, Yahuwah is probably related to the verb to exist. He is the self-existent one. He's never had a beginning and he's never had an end. For anything to exist, something has to exist that has always existed, and that is Yahuwah. So he's eternal. Psalm 90, verse 2. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Second, he is the person who created. So this, the Jew, this is how Jew, the Jew identified God. This is how the Jew identified Yahuwah. He's the only one who is eternal, and he created all things. He created everything else. Thus, uh, Isaiah 44:24. Thus says Yahuwah, your Redeemer, and the one who formed you from the womb. I, Yahuwah, am the maker of all things, stretching out the heavens by myself. He did it by himself. He didn't have help. And spreading out the earth all alone. So, Yahuwah alone created all things. And thirdly, he rules all things. 
He is the King above all kings and the Lord above all lords. He will bring history to a conclusion and he will judge all men. The Greeks and the Romans saw reality not as binary, but they saw it as a, as a gradient. And the pagans, so, so that's, that's how they worshipped so many gods. It wasn't that they didn't acknowledge that there was a god way up on top, but then there was a god a little bit under that, and you know, a little bit under that, and a little bit under that. And they worshipped, they worshipped the whole string of them, because, you know, that because uh, they saw it as a gradient. The Jews didn't see it that way. You're either God or you're not God. And if you're not God, you're not worthy of worship, because only God is worthy of worship. Okay, Mary is either God or she's not God. If she's not God, she's not worthy of worship. That's an application. All right. Um, so they had a pantheon of gods and a hierarchy, and they all gave they gave glory to all the gods, but He alone, um, all angels. So, so God created everything, seen and unseen. What we call supernatural, He created that too. Just because something's supernatural doesn't mean it's God. The unseen things, the angelic beings, the demons, these, these are kind of supernatural the way we think of it. They're all created by God. They're not gods. Please don't worship them. And angels are His ministers. They stand by His throne. He sits. It's like the king in the old movies. King sitting on his throne. His court is standing around him. They're his servants. They're standing to do his bidding. When somebody sits, that's the king. So there's a huge chasm of being between Yahuwah, the creator, and every other being, man or angel. Because Yahuwah is the only God, in a class by himself, the unique creator and ruler of all things, he alone is to be worshipped. So, the Jews were monotheists, and they were monolaters. This was a new word to me. Maybe it's new to you. Idolatry, the worship of idols. Monolatry, the worship of one. So, they were, they were because they were monotheists, they were monolaters. Uh, Yahuwah will not share his glory with another. Isaiah 42, 3. I am Yahuwah. That is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to carved idols. He doesn't share his glory with others. This is the meaning of the first two commandments. In the preamble, Yahuwah identifies himself relative to the nation of Israel because he is a God who is Yahuwah. He acts in history. He's not just a prime mover that's, that's it. You know, got the whole ball rolling and sat down. No. He actually acts in history, and he says that here. This is Exodus 20. I am Yahuwah, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. And then he says, you shall have no other gods before or except me. Why? There aren't any others. And then you shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or earth beneath or in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I am Yahuwah, your God. So here you have it, the first two commandments. What is it? Monotheism. 
No other gods before me. Why? There aren't any. Second, don't bow down to anything else. Don't worship anything else because I'm the only God. I'm the only one that's worthy of worship. Monolatry and monotheism. See that? And then what does he say? You shall not take the name of Yahuwah, your God, in vain, for Yahuwah will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Why? His name is above every name. What name is that? Yahuwah. And it doesn't say you can't say his name. He just says you can't say it in vain. That's why I'm saying it. The Jews didn't pronounce it out of respect, and I respect that. Probably when I go to Israel, I won't say it because I respect them. But I don't think anybody's offended by me saying you who are you. He, he did, he, we forgot his name. He asked us to remember it. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, so Jesus. Okay, now we come to Jesus. That I'm setting the stage. That who who is who is Yahuwah? Who is the Almighty God to the Jew? He's the only one, eternal, created all things, rules all things, the only one who's worthy of worship, the only one that we can glorify. All right, Jesus was a Jew. He was a monotheist and he was a monolater. What did he say about himself? I don't have time to do it all. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the vine. Before Abraham was, who was 2,000 years before Christ, he said, I am. Thus identifying himself in the same manner that Moses, that Yahuwah had identified himself to Moses. Who was Jesus saying he was? The great I am. I am who I am. I and the Father are one. Um, Jesus says to Philip in John 14, Have I been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? And then when he prays in, in John 17, what does he say? And now, Father... Glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. What is he telling you who he is? Now, given this background, how did the early Christians view Jesus? Don't forget, all the first Christians, all those early Christians... Were they Gentiles or Jews? They were all Jews. And, you know, the, the, the Lamb of God was sacrificed in Jerusalem. The same place where Abraham had, had offered up his son Isaac. The same place where Yahuwah had told David to, to that's, this is the place where I want to put my name and where I want you to sacrifice, make sacrifices to me foreshadowing the sacrifice that would come. And the first place that the gospel was preached was Jerusalem. And then Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, yes, even to us in Tallahassee, Florida. Praise God. But and was, I'm from Wisconsin, so we think in snowball terms. So if you want to build a snowman, you start with a little snowball, right? And it's just tiny. You just make it with your hand, and then you start to roll it. And as you roll it, it gets bigger and bigger. 
And that's what happened when the gospel got bigger and bigger. And as it went, it picked up Gentiles along the way. But at the core of that, that big old snowball, there's a core, it's a little band of Jews. Monolaters, monotheists, and monolaters. Now, what did they say about Jesus? Well, Yochanan, we know, you know him as John, a Jew, wrote these words, John 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being, the whole box. All things came through Him, and apart from Him, nothing came into being that has come into being. And in verse 14 it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw His glory. Glory is the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. So in the beginning, before the box was made, there was one person, God. And John tells us the Word was there. And He was with God. In the beginning, there was interpersonality within the the one being of God. And He was God. And then later, He became flesh. That's what John tells you. John is telling you from a Jewish standpoint. He's a monotheist and a monolater. And you could only make this statement, a Jew could only make this statement about God. Okay, so who is John telling you Jesus is? Paul, Shaul, a a Jewish Pharisee, wrote these words. Philippians 2, verse 5. You spend the whole time on this, but... Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. He did not use equality with God to his own personal advantage, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant and being made in the likeness of men. This was foreshadowed in this, this they call it Deuteroisaiah. It's Isaiah 40 to 55. The servant of the Lord passages. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Today's electric chair. For this reason also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him Hashem, the name. The name which is above every name. To a Jew, what name is that? Yahuwah. For this reason, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Yeshua or Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue confess him Lord, Kurios. When they came to the Tetragrammaton, in the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Hebrew Old Testament, when they came to the, to, to the YHWH, Yahuwah, they, they, they translated kurios, just like the Jews when they come to it, they, they say Adonai, which means Lord. This is unfortunate. But, but here's what it says. At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, Kurios, Yahuwah. 
to the glory, they're not in competition, to the glory of God the Father. The one who will not share his glory with another, but we, we are going to, this is our confession, Yeshua is Yahuwah to the glory of God the Father. Jesus said, when you honor the Son, you honor the Father. There's another one. So Paul, one who knew the Old Testament well, was quoting the scripture with which he was very familiar. The scripture is Isaiah 45:18. For thus says Yahuwah, it's Yahuwah is talking here, who created the heavens. He is the God who formed the earth and made it. He established it and did not create it a waste place, but formed it to be inhabited. He says, I am Yahuwah. There is none else. Monotheism. And then down in verse 22, he says, Turn to me and be saved all the ends of the earth. Yahuwah is talking here. For I am God and there is no other. Monotheism. Again and again and again and again. And he says, I have sworn by myself, the word has gone forth from my mouth in righteousness and will not turn back, that to me, who? Yahuwah, every knee shall bow and and swear There it says, and every tongue will swear allegiance. So Paul takes that scripture that he knew, Isaiah 45. It was Yahuwah talking, and he he applies it to Yeshua. He applies it to Jesus, and he says, uh, at, at the name of Yeshua, Jesus, every knee will bow, and he expands it, in heaven, on earth, under the earth. And every tongue will not just swear allegiance, will confess Yeshua is Yahuwah to the glory of God the Father. What was Paul, Shaul, the Jewish Pharisee, telling you? What was he telling you who Jesus is? Now, why is this important? People miss it. Jehovah Witnesses miss it. The Muslims miss it. And they claim to believe the Scripture. There are liberal Christians who who argue about the divinity of Christ. This is important stuff. If you've ever had one come to a Jehovah Witness come to your door, I'm telling you, this, this, this blows them away. They don't come back to me. So Rick, uh, Richard, Richard Beckham uh, has a book called Jesus and the God of Israel, God Crucified, and other studies on the New Testament's Christology of divine identity. <laughs> it may be tough going for, for some of you. Uh, but that's where I got a lot of this material. Here's a scholar that's just, man, he's blasting those unbelieving scholars. I love it. Uh, he says, God's servants may be said by his permission to rule some things, as earthly rulers do, but only God rules over all things. This, this phrase, all things, is, is a huge word in, Jew, in Jewish literature, not just Bible, but also uh, Second Temple Judaism literature. Paul the Jew writes, Ephesians 1, God worked in Christ. Verse 19, when he raised him from the dead and seated him, who's seated? The king. Seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age but in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet. That's Yahuwah. Paul the Jew writes in Colossians 1.15, He is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn, that means preeminent. He, there is a word for first created. He didn't use it. He's firstborn because 
preeminence. Firstborn of all creation. It's obvious because what he says there is, for by him all things were created. He wasn't created. He, he created them all. In heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. This can only be said of Yahuwah. And Paul, the Pharisee, says it of Yeshua. The writer of Hebrews joins the chorus. Hebrews 1. You know all these scriptures. It's just a little different slant. But in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things. He's inheriting it all. By whom also he created the world. This means he's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He created the world by Jesus, and he's going to inherit the whole thing. All things. And he rules over all things. He is the radiance of the glory of God who does not share His glory with anybody else. And the exact imprint of His nature and He upholds the universe by the word of His power. After making purification for sins, He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name Hashem he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. But of the Son, God says, this is verse 8. Here's God talking. Who is talking? What does He say? He says to somebody else, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. And the scepter of righteousness is the scepter of Your kingdom. Later on it says, And of the Son... The same person's talking here. You, Lord, laid the foundations of the earth in the beginning, and the heavens are the work of your hands. Lord probably caps. You, Yahuwah. Because when you go back, what Job said, when, when, when Yahuwah answers Job out of the whirlwind, he says, were you there when I laid the foundations of the earth? Or it could be the psalmist, or it could be Isaiah, but it doesn't matter. They're all talking about Yahuwah. He's the only one that laid the foundations of the earth. So when God says of the Son, you, Lord, He says this of the Son, you, Yahuwah, laid the foundations of the earth. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment. Like a robe, you're going to roll them up. Like a garment, they will be changed. But you're the same. Your years will never end. Christian confession. I don't know what my time is doing. It's probably taking longer than I... I tried to time it. Romans 10.9 Because if you confess with your mouth... Here's the Christian confessing. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, could that be at all caps? Could, could the confession be Yeshua is Yahuwah? And you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. The last phrase, everyone who calls, and then it says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Where does that come from? That's a scripture. It's a quotation. Paul didn't make that up. He was quoting a scripture. Joel 2.32, what does it say? Guess what it says. It says, and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of Yahuwah will be saved. But it's applied to Jesus. That's why the Christian confession is... Yeshua is Yahuwah. Jesus is Jehovah. Jesus is Jehovah. 
Those witnesses are going to be surprised. Yeah, if they make it. I'm not sure they will. Because Jesus is Jehovah. That's what I'm saying. Uh, it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of Yahuwah will be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be those who escape. Praise God. As Yahuwah has said, and among the survivors shall be those whom Yahuwah calls. And he's called you guys. That one. He's called these, these guys. So you can go on and on. When you run it, when you're reading the New Testament, click, you know, if you're, if you've got the iPad, it's nice because you just click on the verse and then bam, all the other, all the Old Testament comes up. Go back in there. Look at that. Look at that Old Testament scripture. Find out who it's talking about. You know what you're going to talk? Scripture over and over in the New Testament is applied to Jesus. When you go back and read the context, it's Yahuwah. Yeshua is Yahuwah. Okay, one more example. Isaiah 44, verse 6. Thus says Yahuwah, the King of Israel, and His Redeemer, Yahuwah of hosts, I am the first and I am the last. Besides me there is no God. Monotheism. Now, Yohanan, John, in the book of Revelation, quotes this. And, and, there, and, and God says it and Christ says it. So God says... Chapter 1, verse 8, I am the Alpha and the Omega. Verse 17 of the same chapter, Christ says, I am the first and the last. Uh, 21, 6, God says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. And this was nicer when I had a slide. I had a nice slide for this. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And then Christ says, in uh, 22, 13, he, he gets it all. Christ says it all. These are all synonymous, but he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. What is John telling you? He's telling you that this scripture where, where, where Yahuwah says, I am Yahuwah, there is no other. I am the first and the last. Christ says it of himself. God says it of himself. Who is on the throne in the book of Revelation? God is in the midst of the throne and the, and the Lamb is in the midst of the throne. Who is, and here's the other one, they're monolaters. And who is worshipped? God alone can be worshipped. How do we know that? John fell down before the angel twice in the book of Revelation. The angel says, get up. I'm just a, I'm just a servant of God like you are. Worship God only. It's 22, it's in the chapter 19, verse 10 and 22 something. It happens twice in the book of Revelation. So we know... That only, you know, they were monolaters. John was a monolater. The angel was a monolater. He says, don't worship me. I'm just an angel. I'm like you, servant of God. So then what happens is Jesus worshipped in the book of Revelation. John the Jew writes, Revelation 5, And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down. The, the posture of worship, they, who did they fall down before? The Lamb. each holding a harp, golden bowls full of incense, the prayers of the saints, and they sang a new song, and they said, Worthy are you, the Lamb, to take the scroll and open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you purchased for God men and women. You purchased for God. You ransomed people for God from every tribe and language. I'm looking at some of you because we've got different languages and tribes. I love it. 
from every tribe and language and people and nation, and you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. And then I looked and I heard around the throne. This was just the, these were just the, uh, let's see, these were the four living creatures and the 24 elders. That's, they sang the song. And then all of a sudden, it gets bigger. He said, I heard around the throne, and the living creatures and the elders, the voice of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, are they worshiping? Worthy. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying, to Him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory forever and ever And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. You bet the Lamb is is worshipped. Why? He's Yahuwah. He's God. John the Jew, a monotheist and a monolater, records for us that in heaven the Lamb, Jesus, is included in the divine identity. He's, he's, He's revealed not only as the king that sits on the throne, the cosmic throne, he's also... Yahuwah is revealed in Jesus who stoops out of love. And that's part of who Yahuwah is. Who comes to us and, and meets our need and forgives our sin and makes the sacrifice. It's a, it's a sacrificed lamb that's on the throne who receives worship. Okay, I close with this. Best manuscript for John 1.18. You, you didn't learn it like this if you learned the King James, but this is what the best manuscripts say. John 1.18. It's in your, this Bible, ESV. No one has ever seen God. But no one has ever seen God. The only God who is in the... It says, who is at the Father's side. But it means literally, the only God who is in the Father's lap, He has made Him known. The Jews of Jesus' time, including Jesus himself, were monotheists and they were monolaters. Because of his self-revelation, they realized that there was only one person outside the box who had created all things in the box, sustains them by the word of his power, and will bring all things to a culmination. He is totally different from his creation. He alone is worthy of worship. His personal name is Yahuwah. They saw in Jesus the revelation of Yahuwah in the flesh, and they worshipped him as God. And so do we. Let's pray. Father, Yahuwah God, we worship You. Yeshua, the only God who is in the lap of the Father, we worship You. You who are before all things and from whom Uh, all things come and for whom are all things and to whom are all things, we worship You. You who are above all things, rulers, authorities, powers, dominions, angels, men, we worship You. Hallowed be Your name. Blessed be Your name. Blessed be Your holy name. Blessing and honor and glory and wisdom and power be to Your name. And may the river of life that comes from under your throne wash 
this church, wash us, us, wash our families and our marriages. May that river of life just wash over us and bring it, bring life with it. Give us life in your name, we pray. Amen.